Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Hey, has anybody here ever won a, uh, a trophy? Anybody? Yeah, what'd you win your trophy for? Corey, come on, tell me. Pinewood Derby. Pinewood Derby. Woo-hoo. Anybody else? Pinewood Derby and swimming. Swimming and Pinewood Derby. Those two go together, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, what'd you win? Track. Runner. Shot put. Oh, okay. I was going to say you were running away from Dale, but, you know, you know, no, it didn't, it didn't help. didn't help. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Uh, third place, I won a Grand Prix. Third place, I won a Grand Prix. Oh, everybody. Yay. Okay. I won. Fastest overall. I, I, there's a theme going on here about, we need to reinstitute the Pinewood Derby. Is that what I'm hearing? I guess so. There's a lot of ego there. Okay. Wrapped up in that. Okay. Well, I don't have a I don't have a table here. Let me let me just, uh, just yeah yeah. Last year at Man Camp, yeah. A bunch of guys won first place in Iron Man. Oh, you know, which leads me to my next point: <laughs> that men are better at bragging than women are. <laughs> Amen. 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 Okay. Well, um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about one of my favorite stories today, and it's the story of Gideon. And if you've got your Bible, your Bible app, it's in Judges chapter 7. Okay? So you want to get that open in front of you. And a uh, couple of points that I kind of learned through this story. And one of the main ones that I learned is that we need a lot less than we think we do. Okay, we need a lot less than we think we do. Um, so many of us consider our own strength, our own needs, the things that we've gathered, the things that we've done as very important to us in our lives. And God has this way of of helping us kind of recenter and knowing that that we are created beings, we are dust. God is God. We are not. We need to rely on God's strength. And God loves us so much that he provides exactly what we need the moment we need it. Right? He understands us and what our needs are. But sometimes we need less than we think we do. Look at verse 1. So Jerob Baal, that's Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod, The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. And the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. You see where God is going with this thing? He says, you've got too many warriors. Now, I can't imagine going into a battle against several other nations and God telling me, you've got too many, too many people in your army. 
It, I mean, talk about counterintuitive. This just doesn't make sense, right? From a human perspective, it, less is not more when it comes to a battle. And so God says, no, I, I don't want you to have that many warriors because if you do and you go in and you win, you're going to think that you did it. And God wants them to know that he is the one who saves them. See, human nature leads us to boasting in our own abilities. We think that we did this. I won that race. I, 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 I was the one who built that Pinewood Derby car. You know, wasn't God, man. I, I streamlined that thing. I sanded it. I painted it. I put graphite on the wheels. That's the secret. And, you know, so. Yeah, okay. And, and, and so we get this idea that somehow we have contributed significantly to our own victory. Right? And God wants us to remember that he is God. He's the one who created us. He's the one who gave us the mind that we have, the skills that we have, the ability to do whatever we do. We need to remember that, right? Like Tim Keller, he says, this is the greatest spiritual danger there is, that we should believe that we can save and or have had some way of participating in saving ourselves. Salvation by works, right? Yes, we, we do good works. We're called to be good people, to help others along, but we don't save ourselves and we don't save anybody. That's God's business. Now he goes on. Here's, here goes the story. Verse 3. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. Now, I love how it said, they may leave. <laughs> you may now exit the building, right? Um, yeah, if you're afraid, I don't want you to stay here. It's okay. Go home. Go home, right? Um, Scaredy cats, right? Okay. Uh, we just need to know that it goes on. It says, so 22,000 of them <laughs> went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Uh, you know, you're not the only one who's afraid. I mean, you think, oh, it's just me. I'm a chicken, right? There are so many of us that are fearful. Fearful of what might happen today? We're fearful of this, that, or the other thing. We're not going to have enough money. We're not going to, you know, I mean, people who are heading towards retirement, millions of people are heading towards retirement now. All those boomers, are they going to have enough money to live out their life the way they had planned? Good question. You know, fear is one of the things that we all deal with. And God says, you know, if you're afraid, go home. What he was really saying is, if you don't have enough faith in me, go home. See, these people were afraid because they were thinking of their own abilities, what might happen to them. They don't have the power to do this because they don't have as many people in their army as the other army. And so they're, they're forgetting that God is the one who is really in control. But I want you to know, fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. And this is why I think it's never a good idea to have people who are afraid of failure on a church's leadership team. Does that make sense? We need people who have faith 
that God is God and that he can do the miraculous through us who are massively imperfect, okay? But I want people on my team that believe in God, that believe that he can do the miraculous. He can do far beyond what we can even think or, or imagine, right? God can do the impossible. And so we need to guard ourselves against those who have the gift of discouragement, right? I don't think it's a gift in the Bible, but it sure shows up in the church, right? No, we can't do that. We can't do that. Yes, we can. We can do whatever God calls us to do, right? Hebrews 10, 25 says this, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some uh, some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Um, I, I hadn't preached a, a sermon yet on the second coming, but I do, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret that I know. We're one day closer to Jesus coming back today than we were yesterday. All right? Just tuck that away. You can write that one down. Okay? But Jesus is coming back soon, someday soon, but we need to be encouragers of one another. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. There's an assumption in the Bible that we are going to have the kind of character that expects the best of one another and encourages each other and builds each other up. So let's, let's, let's do that. So next point that I see here is that we really need to double check uh, on on what what it is that we're really depending on in our life sometimes. Um, when we think we're putting our whole trust in God, yeah, check again. Verse 4 says this, but the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. There's still too many. There's still too many people here, and we need to weed out those uh, things that... We need to not trust in, right? Uh, many times, I think less is more for Christians. Sometimes we depend too much on, on too much. We, uh, we need more money. We need more stuff. We need more um, days off. We need more pleasure. We need more, 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 more fill in the blank, right? Just a little bit more. There have been many surveys that have been taken uh, one of the most interesting ones is one on money. And they ask people of, of all stripes, all social strata, how much money do you need? And, and across the board, it turned out to be about $400 a month more. Even for rich people. I just need that much more. It, 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 it's just, what? You had so much already. Why do you need just a little bit more? A little bit more. See? And now I have to admit... And Janice would tell you this is absolutely true, is that I'm I'm the king of backup. Right? I, I just need a, I need a backup one of those, you know. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna buy ice cream, you know, it, it might run out, so I need to have a backup, you know, half gallon or something something, right? So I do that with a lot of things, and I, that's how I remind myself, you know, you, when I'm gonna gonna get old and I'm gonna die someday, you're gonna come over to my garage and there's going to be all this backup stuff, right? Right? My kids are going to go, what in the world? But we're human. We think that way. We need a backup, right? But we don't need a backup for God. 
God is everything that we need. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So if you don't have it, you don't need it. Does that make sense? If God promises that he will give you everything you need, if you don't have it right now, you don't need it right now. Makes sense. And so we need to trust God. There used to be an old camp song. I don't think I've heard this song in a long, long, long time. We used to sing it at Heartland all the time. Uh, it's called, I Want More of Jesus. Anybody remember that song? I don't see my old camp buddies here today, okay? It went like this. It goes, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. I want more of his sweet love, so rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more, right? Like, want more of me, right? Yeah. They still do it there? I used to lead that song all the time. Okay. It's true. We, we just, we, I mean, technically, theologically, we don't need more of Jesus. When you get Jesus, you get all you're going to get. Right? It's like, I want to be more like Jesus. More and more and more. Right? I want to share more of his love. Rich and full and free. I, I, I want to be more like Jesus. Right? I mean, that's what we need. Now, um, another point here that I see running down the, the, the list uh, is that we need to work with those that God chooses. Um, you know, we're going to have a new pastor here, hopefully sooner than later, right? Uh, but when he comes, he's going to be new, and he's going to be the person, that, the, the committee that you've chosen to help secure and find that new pastor that God has already chosen for this church. We're going to pray and pray and pray and discern. And then we're going to invite this person to come. And when he comes, guess what? He's not going to be like the person that you want necessarily. He might be leaning a little different than you lean. He might speak a little bit different than you like someone to speak. He, he might do th- some things that you really enjoy and some things that you're going like, oh, hold it, buddy, pump the brake. You know, we interviewed one person, very interesting, a great question. Question was this, do you want a manager or a leader? Great question. And your group that you chose said, we want a leader, right? We want someone who's going to lead us to places maybe that we haven't thought of yet that God is saying, you need to go there. You need to reach out. You, you, need, you need to really make an impact in Fresno, California. And maybe even as far as Clovis. You know, we'll, we'll see about that. Okay. But the point is, is that God is going to choose someone. We think we're choosing him. Nope. Whoever shows up here is the person that God wants here. And then we need to decide, are we going to follow are we going to allow God to select the person who's going to lead us? And so it says, it says, bring these, the rest of your guys down to the spring. It didn't say guys. Okay, I get it. Okay. Uh, bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. So when Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told them, divide the men into two groups. 
In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. And the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands, and the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. And the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. So send all the others home. <laughs> so victory over the Midianites. Oh, so Gideon collected the, the provisions and the ram's horns and the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 with him. Now, now let's just do a number count here. He started with 22,000. Right? What is it? How many? Oh, that's right, 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 right. Okay, he started with... Tw- oh, that's right, that's right, okay. The guy that's going to be your pastor is going to be smarter than me, okay? <laughs> I just need more help than most people. Okay, got it. I'm glad you're paying attention. He had a bunch of people to start with. And now he's got a little bitty group, okay? We're going there. <laughs> Just broaden the parameters. <laughs> okay, we're good. I can't see. Okay. <laughs> Point is, we have a tendency to think we need more sometimes than we really do. Right? And sometimes we actually compromise the standards that God has for leadership because we have a number in mind that we've got to fill. I've been in churches that do this. We need nine people on our church council. Well, the Bible lays out what those people are supposed to look like. What kind of character they're supposed to have. What kind of people they're supposed to be. And we are, we're not just looking to fill slots. Sometimes it would be better to have four people who meet those requirements than to have nine who don't. Because... When we are choosing leaders in the church to help drive us forward, we're not looking for representatives of voices of people. What we're looking for is people who will represent the voice of God. Okay? And sometimes that voice is not, not the most popular opinion. It's, the, it's the, the, the voice of God that's saying, I need the right people who are not afraid, who completely trust me to step out and do things the way I want them done. And when I, when they do that, the miraculous can happen. And all of the glory goes where? It goes to God. It goes to God. And that's the way God wants it, right? So we go on. Next point to come to is that God loves to reassure those that he calls into service. You know, we, we think Gideon was a special guy. He was nobody special, and he was just as afraid as some of the rest probably that, that went home. And so he, he, at this point in the story, it's very interesting. It says the Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. And that night the Lord said, Get up, go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But... If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. 
then you will be eager to attack. So, so God knows, you know, when he asks a question, he already knows the answer. He says, if you're afraid, just go down the camp and, and, and listen, listen covertly to what's, what, what's going on there, what they're saying to each other. So, so Gideon, he takes Perah, he goes down to the edge of the enemy camp, which basically is an admission of Gideon's own fear, right? He says, if you're afraid, go down. He goes down. He's afraid. And so he says, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. And Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream that he had. He says, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. And his companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. But when Gideon heard the dream and the interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. For the Lord has given... Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the, Men, over the Midianite hordes. I was going to say Mennonite hordes. Um, yeah, he says, we're winning. I mean, these guys are afraid of us. Can you imagine? I mean, that many people and Gideon says, no, we got this. We've got this. God has already instilled fear into the enemy. And, and, and so here we are now. We've got 300 people. And I think the next point is this. Work with what you've got and be creative. Okay? We may not have much, but what we do have, we can use. We can use that and be creative with it, and suddenly something can happen. So he, what does he do? He divides the 300 men into three groups, and he gave each man a ram's horn and a, and a clay jar with a torch lit. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you're a warrior. You've been trained. With a sword, a spear, maybe, a, you know, arrow, bow and arrow, you know, how to hand to hand combat. And we're going to go into battle with a horde of enemy soldiers. And he hands you a ram's horn and a clay pot with a torch in it. I don't know about you, but I'm going like, what? <laughs> like, what? What's going on here? Well, they had a plan, right? God had a plan. And, and so, so now he, he says to them, keep your eyes on me, which is a significant point, right? Gideon is a leader. And as a leader, the leader should not expect his followers to do anything less than he's willing to do himself. Right? I think that's a good point that we need to, to remember. So he, he says here, when I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. And as soon as, as those with me blow, blow, wait here, as soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. And it was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the midnight camp, Suddenly they blew the ram's horn. They broke their clay jars. Then all three groups broke their, uh, blew their horns and broke their jars. 
and they held the blazing torches in their left hands, their horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. And when the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. And those who were not killed fled to places as far away as, as Beth Shaita, where Zerah and the border of Abel uh, Mahoalah near Tabath. Wow, you should give me a, a trophy for just being able to say all that stuff, you know. So, so God is the one who wins, right? I mean, it's amazing. But it's not done yet. It's not done yet. Now, God deserves the credit for the victory. The battle is won, but there is still a little cleanup to do. Okay? Some of them, the, the, these, these armies, they ran away. And, and I think that, that you know, you, we can read the rest of the story here. They started chasing the Midianites down, and that they finally found them. They, they got their leaders. They cut their heads off and brought them back and kind of, you know, end of story. But the main point here is this, is you never are done, quite done, serving God. You know, I'm retirement age now, okay? I'm retirement age. A lot of my friends, uh, one of my, my best buddies, uh, he retired when he was 55. And he's been playing golf for the last 15 years, okay? Nothing against golf, okay? If you want to frustrate yourself in retirement, that's fine, you know? Uh, you can do that kind of thing. But what God is saying here is that don't give up. There's always some work left to do. And I think one of the one of the tragic things in the church is when people just say, oh, I had my turn. Uh, I used to teach this. I used to do that. I used to serve in this capacity. You know what? Until you stop breathing, you can still help out. Right? God will give you the strength that you need, even if it's just being a prayer warrior. You know? calling the office and say, are there people, like people call the, the, the prayer line. And God bless you who do that regularly and call and find out, you know, who, who, who needs help. Maybe somebody is sick and you have a, an opportunity to pray. Not just, for the, not just for their health, but for their spirit to be reassured that God is with them. And then you might follow up with a personal phone call to that person or write a note of encouragement. Uh, I've been in churches where we, we've had people that their main job was to encourage other people. And they would just go through the directory and send encouragement notes to people. They paid for the postcards themselves and they wrote the notes and they sent them out. And every week they, they had a goal of maybe sending out 10 postcards a week to the church people. We had one old guy, he was 89 years old. And you could expect a phone call from him on your birthday... And he couldn't sing very well, so he had like a music box. And, and, uh, and, and so you, you'd get this phone call, and then you hear, ding, 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 you know, and this little music box thing. And then he'd say, hey, brothers, or brother, sister, you know, I just want you to know I love you, and happy birthday. Everybody expected it from him, because he had been doing it for years. That was his way to encourage people. You know, I want to encourage you, be creative. Whatever you can do, whatever resources that you have, 
think of ways that you can expand your horizons to be able to encourage one another to love and to good deeds, right? Maybe there's a place that you have been asked to serve and you're afraid. Maybe you ask someone to serve with you, right? Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, or whatever it is that the new pastor, when he comes, is going to encourage us to consider and to get going with, let's do it, all right? Let's not be Debbie Downers. Let's be people who can really step up and step into whatever God calls us to do. You know why? Because God is the God of the miraculous. You believe it? All right, let's pray. God, thank you that you love us so much. What a wonderful story that with you less is more. And and God, we just pray that you would encourage us all to do um, maybe what we're afraid of stepping out and doing. Um, we can we confess that, Lord, as our weakness. But help us to encourage one another to dream big, to, to think of, of ways that you're encouraging us to, to use our gifts and talents and abilities and resources to expand the kingdom of God right now here on earth, right here in Fresno, God. So as we pray for our city, we also pray that you would, you would bring things to our heart, our mind, and how we might be able to encourage your kingdom to come uh, right here in our midst. So God, we're, we're thankful for your love and your story of, of victory that we can experience with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.